I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Fallon says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer.
This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality hockey drama that's centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. Hi, it's Morgan from New York. On Twitter, I'm at MorganNYNY, but I don't use it as much as nearly a lot of you do. I'm a first-time caller renterer. I was introduced to the Archers by my co-worker, Beth. Uh, her husband is British, and when she told him that she got me hooked up with the Archers, he was like, really? Of all the podcasts you recommend to people, that's the one that stuck with someone? Uh, then a little over a year ago, she was excited to come to work one day and tell me about this new podcast that I just started called Dum Ti Dum. And here we are. Never meant to cause you any sorrow Never meant to cause you any pain The only one I want to take you roughly My other half said the other day, why is Brian shouting? And I said, because he's cross about a herbal lay. And Simon said, what's up? No. Herbal lay? <laughs> yeah. Herbal lay. Oh, don't. Honestly, it's taken me 24 hours. <laughs> Thanks, Roy. That's all back now. It took me until Sunday evening to stop that. And now you've started it all over again. <laughs> but Simon got as far as Herbal lay. Herbal lay. It's fine. I don't, I don't. I'm getting drawn in. I don't want to know what a herbal lay is. <laughs> I only want to know herbal lay. All the way back from Woburn Abbey, I was singing that. <laughs> it works really well, though. Dumpty Dum, Goddess Diva here, back from the wilds of Dorset, where I got ended up with a damaged back and engaged. So one, ooh, one, yay! Because of damaged back and painkillers, I've not really been able to keep my edge straight, so I wrote some notes about this week's The Archers and see if they make any sense now. Right, what have I got? Kirsty, welly wanging, ooh. Lizzie lost her purity hanky when she used it to mop up her ground sheet. I think I was being quite rude. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Oh, this was the fate as well, I think. 
Jennifer is happy to watch Brian smash stuff with his balls. Hello, everybody. It's Auntie Jean here. Um, I just listened to this week's podcast and I need to explain where I was when they were all singing the dum-de-dum because I wasn't there. I was in the toilet and I didn't hear a thing, so I think they must have soundproofed that toilet in that pub because I didn't know it was going on. And when I came rushing out and said to Lucy, why don't we get everybody to do a dum-de-dum? They went, well, we've just done it, and I wasn't in it. So I aim to put that right now. And no, I'm not obsessed with toilets, by the way. I know I was going on and on and on about spending 30p on a wee, but I still think that was, that's dreadful. Um, so I'm now going to sing you a dumpty dum. And with any luck, William Parrott, hello. William Parrott, say hello. Hello. It's going to join in, but, you know, don't hope for much, because he's not got much of a voice, really, except for screaming. So here we go. Dumpty 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 dum dumpty dumpty dum dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum dumpty diddly dum diddly dum diddly dum dumpty 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 dum dumpty diddly dum Hello darling two to you as well and that's us William Parrot and me he was better than I was I'll speak to you again soon Bye a Christmas Carol Tregoran by Charles Dickens, the writers of The Archers, and me. Two years after the death of her benefactor, Daddy Jack Woolley, a miserable, mean-spirited old cow named Hazel McScrooge was working in her office. She loves money, but hates almost everything else, including, but not limited to... Happiness, fun, love, freedom, family, the human race in general, poor people in particular, acts of generosity, village shops, calendars, girls, calendar girls, Christmas and puppies. One particularly frigid Christmas Eve, Peggy reluctantly phones to invite Hazel over to Christmas dinner the next day. Hazel yells a tirade of abuse at her and frostily refuses the invitation, rather to Peggy's relief. When Alan then inadvisably appears at her door, collecting for the poor of the parish, Hazel punches him hard in the face, spitting out an angry, Bah, humbug! in reply to the vicar's blood-spattered, Merry Christmas! Farewell! She stomps off to bed in her expensive but tacky footballer's wives style boudoir grumbling about the fact that her lackey Eddie Grundy gets a whole day off for the holiday that night Hazel receives a chilling visitation from daddy's ghost a haggard and pallid looking Jack with a face like a bad lobster in a dark cellar warns her that the dead who led bad lives are forced to roam around and not be at peace. But Scrooge tells him, with respect, to F off. The ghost of Jack ignores her, claiming that three other spirits are going to appear to Hazel and warns her to change her mean and wicked ways before it's too late. Ms. McScrooge curtly tells him that she'll check with her accountant to investigate whether such a drastic lifestyle change would be a sound economic investment. As Jack leaves, his melancholy ghost calls out for Captain as his shade 
fades wispily into the ether. Hazel dismisses all of this as a hallucination caused by a bad pint of shires, and she collapses into a deep sleep. But sure enough, she soon gets a visit from the ghost of Pullen Past, a strange and ancient phantom with a brightly glowing head and a disturbing propensity to hang around outside the village's only public convenience. The wizened old spirit of Bob takes her on a tour of her childhood, and Hazel McScrooge quickly develops a warm and fuzzy feeling of pride when she remembers herself as a spoilt, entitled brat whose bad attitude has ruined Christmas for all and sundry down the ages. The review of Hazel's past also features scenes from her young adulthood when she discovers her Slitheen side. Slitheen don't do Christmas. Hazel, deeply moved by the vision, sheds tears of sheer pride before the phantom Bob Pullen returns her to her bed in despair and because, frankly, his prostate is giving him real jib. Now it's time for the scruff of Christmas present, a supernaturally erudite dog who sips martinis and wears fluffy antlers and a Christmas-themed doggy jumper. The mutt's sophisticated air is spoiled only by the unsettling absence of one of its hind legs and approximately half of its pelvis. The phantom canine flies Hazel McScrooge on a whistle-stop tour around Ambridge to demonstrate how pretty much every other human is making the most of the season by getting together with friends and family. The flyby includes a look-in at Peggy's house, where Tony is boring for Britain about his MG, Tom is droning on about the provenance of the organic pigs in blankets, Pat has sensibly passed out on Lambrini, Johnny is wrestling with Bill and Ben to stop them clawing his eyes out, and Rob is glaring at Helen to prevent her from uttering a single squeak. Scrooge also gets to visit Grundy's Field, where the dirt-poor family have been rehoused underneath Bartleby. Clary lovingly prepares a miniature Christmas feast by plucking all 48 remaining turkeys to be served raw and a meagre handful of Bert's Brussels sprouts, also raw. Their youngest son is Tiny Ed, a simple, sickly, courageous boy who couldn't hang on to a herd of cows if his life depended upon it. As Christmas Day turns into Christmas night, the canine spirit gets noticeably more poorly, his hind quarters obviously starting to decay badly, as Hazel complains about the dreadful smell of botulism. She turns to notice a sinister, dark, hooded figure coming towards her. It is the third phantom, the ghost of Pip's future career. Having passed up on the opportunity of a lifetime at Webster International Agribusiness thing, to return unneeded to a non-existent job at Brooker's, the spectre of Pip's future life is a pretty doer spirit, and she carts Ms. McScrooge off to witness the future village that she helped to create. Spoiler alert, Ambridge yet to come is a pretty grim place. Sean O'Connor is still the editor for starters. 
and all the Ambridge residents still sound exactly the same as one another. In other news, Tiny Ed is dead. The Grundies are more bankrupt than bankrupt after being presented with a bill for staying in a five-star hotel for eight months, inclusive of ferret damage. The Justin Elliott Megaplex and Heliport is competing for building space on the Village Green with the Hazel McScrooge Hypermart, and Hazel herself is dead, with no one to mourn her. Just teenage rural delinquents Ben, Lily and Freddie remain to tag her gravestone with obscene graffiti of rutting sheep. After seeing her grave and realising that her secret ungodly experiments to achieve immortality have obviously failed, Hazel completely freaks out and promises to reform her miserly ways. And so it is that she wakes up in her own bed on Christmas Day. She sends a Godzilla-sized fair brethren goose to the Grundies, mostly because she knows it'll really piss Eddie off. Goes off to Peggy's party after all, where, to the stifled surprise of the other guests, she charitably kills Rob in hand-to-hand mortal combat and gives a honkingly large donation to Alan's dubious charity scheme. Hazel completely changes her attitude and lives the rest of her life with generosity, good cheer, warmth and compassion towards the worse off. As the years go by, she holds true to her word and honours Christmas with all of her heart, treating tiny Ed as if he were her own child, providing a near constant stream of new cows for him to mismanage and lose. God bless us, everyone. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Alison Jones' father. Alison would like to highlight and promote the good work of the Alzheimer's Society. Search for them today and make a donation at www.alzheimers.org.uk. Bridge 3962. Hello, Dumpty Dump Spirit calling. Well, I have actually managed to catch up with the programme this week, and I'm just going to say a quick one on Ian because I know other people will definitely be saying this. Poor chap, to have that poured into his ear, that poison on his stag, and then to have Titchy Knob turning up at his ceremony, virtually popcorn in hand, to see whether the whole thing would just collapse is just awful. Titchy Knob really, really needs to get in the sea. But that isn't completely what's uh, got my goat this week. Um, what I'm having a main problem with is the fact that Titchy Knob is now beginning to collude and feed, which is ironic, but feed Helen's eating disorder. His control has become so psychopathic that he will not even allow her to eat what she wants. And what he's doing now is the emotional equivalent of putting a pillow over her face. He is literally controlling and destroying everything that feeds her her happiness, her emotions, and even her body. For me, this is too much. Now, I know I've said this millions of times, and other people have said exactly the same thing, but it is too much. Do we really want to be hearing about someone who is so evil that they are feeding someone's eating disorder? 
I don't think so. Now, writers, editor, you've had your fun with Rob Titchener. You've created a very effective baddie. We've all played along and gone boo hiss on the other side of our radios. You know, you've got the reaction you wanted. Now is the time to dial it down, step back and make it stop. Seriously, just make it stop. Rob Titchener, enough is enough. As for Ruth, she's staying in New Zealand for Christmas, which for me personally is the best Christmas present I've had in years. In fact, what I'd really love to do is to win the lottery so that I can buy her a sheep station and she'll never come back. I'll even buy her a whole herd of cows. Anyway, that's all I've got for this week and indeed for 2015. I'm wishing everyone, Royfield, Lucy, all of the Dumpty Dummers everywhere, a wonderful holiday and a fantastic new year. And uh, we'll look forward to hopefully more exciting, wonderful archers listening in the new year. Okay, that's it for me. Cheers now. Bye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here Wishing you all a happy Christmas Or as we say on this side of the pond, a Merry Christmas Why the difference? I ask mid-Atlantic expert Royfield Brown And to Lucy, I'm afraid once again we need to talk about Rob Quite a week in Ambridge, it feels so long ago now that Adam and Ian tied the knot. As both the continuity announcer and I, turning to handsome husband, remarked, that was awkward. And we found out it wasn't a dramatic Charlie interrupting the wedding, but a devious and hateful Rob who uttered a few quiet words into Ian's ear on the eve of the nuptials who nearly torpedoed the wedding. Ian, who truly loves Adam, went through with it. It was both a frustrating and interesting plot point that at the pub Ian chose both not to punch the Dark Lord in the nose and not to confront Adam. Both of those took reserves of quiet strength. But he hasn't returned Helen's calls, and I suspect all will come out at some point. Poor Helen. Clearly she's not eating for one of two reasons. One, as discussed, because she's become anorexic again in an attempt to maintain control of some aspect of her life, and or because she's unconsciously trying to endanger the baby who was conceived involuntarily. Or two, because she's having extreme nausea from preeclampsia, which she suffered from in her first pregnancy. In either case, it's interesting that Rob, who is aware of her ill health, has only suggested rest and further isolation, and not a visit to the obstetrician. Fear of doctors, Rob? We now know that his path has crossed with the good Dr. Locke in the past, and Rob doesn't want Richard to recall the circumstances. This, of course, will prove to be a crucial puzzle piece in Rob's downfall. In response to Andrew Horn's fine post on the forum, I wrote that Rob would have been a more interesting, ambivalent, and challenging character if his flaws were limited to being a controlling and uber-traditional male, as he was early in his arc. Instead, the scriptwriters developed an angry, misogynistic, homophobic, lying, skiing, and assaultive cardboard cutout whom we all now love to hate. And as I've said in the past, in a show such as The Archers, no really bad deed goes unpunished forever. We are waiting and expecting a conclusion, so please, please, scriptwriters, by New Year. 
Three other brief notes. Linda, why couldn't you have taken over Carol's role? After all, you're a great actor as well as a great director. And Ruth, you're losing fans by the episode. To choose not to be with your children on Christmas, I'm shocked. But Pip, if, Pip, if you're upset with this, you're just as capable of emailing, texting, Skyping, tweeting, Facebooking, or calling your mom as your dad is. As I turn to my left and see my family, handsome husband and Angus Haggis, snoozing on the sofa, and think of all the Dumpty Dummers who have made my life more fun this year, I wish you all a wonderful holiday. And remember... Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy A Charlie and Adam thing I think it's actually, apart from me taking the mickey out of there You know, don't you? I know, you know, I know um, but... I do awfully love you, so Yeah Do you? Do you really? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't carry on like this, can we? Are you serious? I've never been more serious in my life That's how <laughs> Um, it's quite interesting because you forget how young Charlie is until he says shit like, let's just run off to Scotland and we'll live together and see what happens. And you think, I'll tell you what will happen. Three months in, you'll have a massive row. You'll run out of money. and One of you will have to return to Ambridge with the tail between their legs. That is what um, he thinks that's what love is, which sort of infatuation. And it's obsession because he can't have Adam or he feels that he can't is have Is it. it the fact that he's young? But if I seem to remember, when Charlie revealed that um, he kind of slightly swings both ways, mm-hmm. didn't he say he's never been in love? I could be wrong, but I think he said he's never been in love. Do you remember? When yeah, he... that does ring a vague bell, yeah. Mm. But I don't think that this is love. I think this is this is infatuation and obsession. Because if he really loved Adam, he'd leave him the hell alone. And he'd wait for Adam to come to any decision Adam was going to make in his own time without putting ridiculous fourth-year sort of pressures on him, you know. To, I'll leave unless you love me. I'm going to leave to Scotland. To, to, be, to be fair to Charlie, right, he's got, there's, a, there's a stopwatcher ticking, isn't there, in terms of the, I'll best say what I've got to say now. Yeah, you so. know, and again, to give Charlie Barber's spreadsheet his due, it's not as if he's been peppering Adam with, you know, sending him love notes and, yeah. uh, you know, suggestive photos of bits of his anatomy via, via text, as it for the last year. He's played, he's he's played it pretty straight, really, considering uh, that he, you know, he's in love with the guy, or at least fancies yeah. him. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. I, I was I was warming heavily to Charlie, and then something ha- he says something. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thought, anybody like that has a go at your Grundies, you don't yeah. like them. No. Absolutely. You're inverted exactly. class prejudice, so you're like Rrr. right off him now. So but, I hope he move to Perthshire or Perthshire or wherever you pronounce it. Mm. Bloody well, stay there. But as anyway, wedding's not going to happen, is it? Because it, it there's so many, you know. Oh God, there's so many things that are destined to go tits up about this wedding. It's you know something's going to go catastrophically wrong. And I just think Ian is is so obviously that the wise Buddha of the, of the whole show yeah. in terms of you know how to deal yeah. with the situation. Well, so. the way you know the best revenge is living well, isn't it? And he ought to say yes, all right, I've heard what you've said, and I'm just going to do it anyway, mm. and not let himself be preyed on by that git. Mm-hmm. But no, he's just uh, yeah, he's a shit, isn't he? He really is. Yes. Mm. But, mm. Anyway, so where are we? Uh, trying not to talk about last night's episode. Um, uh, yeah, whether or not it's infatuation or love with Charlie mm. and Adam. And I am still coming down on the side of infatuation. And as he, as you said, even if he is in love with Charlie, no, mm. even if Charlie is in love with Adam, mm. if he's never been in love before, he's kind of fallen for all the bollocks and thinks this is... You know, <laughs> this is he's falling for the rubbish for someone's bollocks it's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success it brought the world reggae con power rasters hip-hop pop molly and much more its story is told to you in full color for your podcasting ears it's the story of how jamaica conquered the world Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcast dom. Search for it today. Nineteen fourteen, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria, Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August 
And then, will America be drawn in? 10 American Presidents is a podcast focused on delving deeper into the lives of some of the presidents who became the most influential in United States history, for better or for worse. Each episode provides a rich background of the man and America at the time, and how the mixture of both affected each president's decisions and legacy. Hello, just a quickie. Sarah Smith's cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone. While it has been the most extraordinary week weather-wise here, we've had uh, about three days back-to-back over 40 degrees centigrade, with the evenings around, well the nights around 28 degrees, although we're going to bed and it's still about 33 degrees, so it's been very uncomfortable. We have a tradition in this area of having what we call Christmas by um, candlelight because it's still summer so we're outside and as the dust comes down everyone lights candles and I went over today for the sound check because I'm playing bass guitar and it was looking very dodgy weather-wise steaming hot stinking hot but you could see that the wind was starting to come in and we got some advice from the Bureau of Meteorology that the wind gusts were going to be 100 k's an hour now the sound towers only take gusts of 40 k's an hour. Uh, so you can see that this was going to be very, very dangerous if we went ahead. Uh, so that's okay. It's been postponed until tomorrow. And now I'm sitting, looking out of the window and watching the most extraordinary uh, wind battle coming in. It's rolling in across the bush now. So I want to do this quickly in case I lose my internet, which is, uh, of course, very, very probable. We've had a extraordinary week haven't we on the archers and early in the week we asked uh, whether anybody would want to make prediction on Adams and Ian's relationship and, and anybody else's relationship if it came to that. Cat Wean said that Adam and Ian's relationship doesn't seem to have existed over the past year partly due to the lack of Ian writing and partly because the otherwise esteemed script writers seem to have been transfixed on trying to make Adam and Charlie's New Year's half snog a latter-day brief encounter. This never worked because the same scriptwriters initially wrote Charlie as the most unbearable robot, victimising Adam all over the place and making his life a living hell. They might have forgotten about that, but I hardly think Adam has, even if he's as dim as a lamppost kicked by one of David's cows. Denise Tomlinson said, If I had to choose between losing Ruth or Ian, I'd keep Ian. As for Rob, unless he dies or is put in prison for an indefinite sentence, he will hang over our heads forever, as it were. Sarah Woods, uh, sorry, Sarah Woods Rockall is suggesting Kirsty and Roy, Charlie and Adam, David and Ruth, Rob and Helen, Fallon and the PC, Phoebe and the Twat. Really, there are more loose ends than a badly made shawl. And Yokel Bear said, if Charlie leaves, I plan to chain myself to Broadcasting House in protest. To which Witherspoon replied, and Yokel Bear, if he gets over Adam, that leaves the field open for you. (laughs) 
Uh, we also asked whether this was the real start of the isolation for Helen. She's not going to her family for Christmas, for her own good apparently, and Ian's not returning her calls. Should we be worried? Glenn Fuller Love says, I'm wondering why Ian is not returning her calls. Does he think she betrayed him by not telling him of the kiss? In the same way, Kirsty felt betrayed about Tom. I'm also wondering whether she will confront him on Christmas Day. Are we building up to that? That's a very good question, Glenn. Uh, Glenn, day after, said, I think Helen is heading for a real low point. Rob is systematically spitting her from her friends. Maybe it will take a crisis for her mother to realise she needs help. Rachel Lewis says, I'm worried too. Rob's cruel comments to Ian were as much about isolating Helen as about spoiling Ian's happiness. And Denise Tomlin says, no, that's what he's doing and it is going swimmingly for him. Utterly dreadful listening. And my favourite response to all of that was from Alexandra Orport who said, Ian needs to punch him again. <laughs> now, I really am concerned about uh, my internet, my Wi-Fi, because that wind is really picking up, and I need to go and make sure all of my animals are secure and away and make sure all the windows are shut. So I'm going to have to say an early hooroo and stay safe. Now, we have our first... Can we have our uh, trumpet voluntary? Our first time... Caller Inera from a member of the royal family. Hello, this is Maurice Snell, first time in caller, but avid listener to the podcast since episode one. You were asking for more John connections, so let me just get my family tree, and then I can tell you that my mother's father's mother's father's mother's mother's father's 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 mother's father's mother's 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 father's mother's 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 father's father's father, or more simply, my twenty greats grandfather is King John of England thus putting me in the estimated 25% of the British population directly descended from the Plantagenet royal family, but probably a much smaller proportion that have a detailed family tree to prove it, thanks to various relatives with far more historical research skill than I do. So that's my John connection. And emergency puddings, yes, definitely mashed banana with cream, but you've got to also add honey and some lemon juice, and then it's fantastic. So thanks for the excellent work, and keep it up. Bye for now. Oh, yes. Well, wait a minute. He's not the only royal on this podcast, though. Is he not? Who else, then? I'm descended from Macbeth, remember? You made that up. No. You do know you're black, don't you? You know what? The the deep ignorance and racism you've just displayed there (laughs) is breathtaking, Freeman. Was it a dog whistle? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, take that out. No, that no, out. that was not a dog whistle. You shouted that through a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 go on, go on. No, I'm, I, I'm, I am. Oh, I was going to say I'm longing to hear. I'm not at all how you're related to Macbeth, but Morris Snell. Good name. Are you related to Linda? He's related to Linda Snell and the royal family. What could possibly be better? Um, he's a Plantagenet, mm. apparently. Uh, and I love the fact that he's a first-time caller in tells us he's a Plantagenet, and all he wants to talk about is emergency puddings and that you have to add honey <laughs> and lemon juice with the banana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, no, he's related to a Plantagenet, and King John. 
King John. So yeah. and there's something he, he I, I forget how many million people in the UK are actually 25, direct. He said twenty five percent or something. Yeah, it's something outrageous. Now, many, many, many podcasts ago, I explained that um, from my mother's mother, I am a direct descendant from um, Duffus, uh, who, who is in the of who, Mac- sorry? who is the son of Macbeth. Could you just say that? What descended from who? Macduff, Duffus, right? Duffus. Every yes, you're a doofus. Yes. That's what you're yes. saying. Yes, yes, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you'd said it too quickly for me. <laughs> I tried to just quickly I just know, like you okay, did. all right. You know so, you don't stand a chance. This a is how it works, right? So Macbeth was a real king of Scotland in about the 960s. He was a real king, and you are a doofus. He had a son. <laughs> okay. Macduff. All descendants of Macduff have this. Well, not all, but the family name is Duffus. Not Doofus, Duffus, right? There is is an area just outside of Inverness, uh, and there is a church and whatever, and it's Duffus and blah, blah, blah. And that is the family seat. Now. The Duffus family. Shut your cake hole and listen. Learn something. (coughs) I hope you choke on whatever you're coughing on. Royfield, son of Duffus. (laughs) Listen, people don't want to hear you laughing. They want to learn about my royal connections. (laughs) Now, right, so. The Duffus family... making me laugh now <laughs> stop it right so the Duffus family moved to Jamaica in the 18th century had some slaves and as is the and as is the way back then had their way with the slaves another branch of the Duffus family round about the 1840s went to Jamaica and you can go on the interwebs and type in Duffus family. Duffus family (laughs) wedding, Kingston, Jamaica. And in about 1908, (laughs) you will see this picture of Victorian kind of splendour. And before people say, no, it's the Edwardian age, but it looks Victorian. And they're all white. Right. Okay, so. You're a white doofus. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, you know. I absolutely hate you. I think I've just but anyway, <laughs> so I am a direct descendant from uh, from Macbeth. From a doofus. All right. However, <laughs> let's put this all in perspective. <sighs> right. Yeah. Ever heard of a gentleman <laughs> called Charlemagne? Yeah. All right. Who was he then? If you heard of him? Was he a doofus? <laughs> Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. First of all, I'd like to thank you all for the lovely feedback after last week. I, I was touched and, and surprised. I thought I might get one or two comments, but it's been uh, it's been going all week. So thank you, thank you. 
Hi, it's Sean here, first time caller in a row. Hi, it's Sean here, first time caller in a row, row, row. Hi, it's Sean here from Coventry. I'm on Twitter at Cedarmaster. Hi, it's Sean here, first time caller in a row. Hello, Dumpty Dum. My name is Paul, Paulie D1107 on Twitter. I am a first time caller in a row. In an effort at keeping with the branding, I am drinking tea from my Dumpty Dum mug and sitting here in my Dumpty Dum t shirt. Just my Dumpty Dum t shirt, mind. Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Lady Garf Garf here. I've just listened to Tuesday's episode and I am so angry. I cannot believe that Rob was in the dairy with Helen, sneakily learning how to make cheese. Hello, I'm a long time listener and I've um, never called, never called in before. But I know that um, Lucy and Royfield are um, lefties because I've listened to you talk about uh, your, your political views. And um, I'm not, but I thought, considering the election of uh, Jeremy Corbyn, you might quite like this. Meh, 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 Hopefully you'll both see the uh, funny side in that. All right, are we on? Yeah, right. so, Joe, right. how old are you? I'm of, I'm of an uncertain age. You're 29. I'm 29. <laughs> I, right, I, Go on, start I, singing. I'm, 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 I
If you're interested in a career in catering, come and learn about dairy hygiene and cheese making and washing your hands. Carefully. Uh, my goodness, you're my first ever Skype. <laughs> How exciting. How's that, Lucy? Is that better? It is, yes. It's a bit clearer, yes. Yeah, because I've, I've, I've switched up the volume. If it's um, any consolation, we interviewed um, Tim Bentink and he was all over the shop. <laughs> He's wonderful at these sort of things. He's a, a tech wizard, or he certainly was. I mean, I, I feel terribly out of touch. I mean, I, it's it's a bit emotional about, you know, the archers because it took some time to get used to not being anything to do with them all. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Alison Jones' father. Alison would like to highlight and promote the good work of the Alzheimer's Society. Search for them today and make a donation at www.alzheimers.org.uk. Hi, it's Miss Mid-City here. In response to last week's podcast, I probably ought to say, hello, you two. And the other thing I ought to say, because of the timing of this week's podcast, is Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to Royfield and Lucy and to Harriet Carmichael, to all the caller innerers and everybody who subscribes to the podcasts. Have a fantastic Christmas and a fabulous new year. Have a very happy birthday, may the sun come shining through. Sing a happy song your whole life long, that's my wish for you. Have a day that's filled with laughter, and your every dream come true. And I'll weave a spell to wish you well. Have a very happy birthday to Happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you Happy birthday dear Joe Happy birthday to you Ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, ninety-one, ninety-two, ninety-three, ninety-four. Happy birthday Joe Hello you two, it's Yokel Bear here and... Goddess Diva, coming at you live from Bristol on Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas Day, we're phoning in on Christmas Day. We, we have, have no, no life. life. Um, so basically we thought we'd call in and give you our review of the year through the medium of Shag, Marry or Kill. So, let's get started. Goddess Diva, over the last year in the Archers, who would you shag? Lillian. Lillian every time. She's just amazing. Now I know I can't have Tilly Button because that would just be wrong. Definitely Lillian. Ah, well, who would it be for me? I think it would be Dan because just think about how buff he is now. And, you know, he wouldn't be in too much trouble because he'd have to go away again down to Sandhurst. So, you know, I'd have my freedom and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Danikin. And he could always clean your boots and do your ironing while he was there. And I am slovenly, so that would be really handy. So, Mark, who would you marry? Um, I'm going to go for a controversial choice here. I would marry Charlie Parker Spreadsheets. No! 
Yes. No. He'd be brilliant at the household budget, wouldn't he? Well, well, he would, but but still. I mean, I, it, it would probably be quite a loveless marriage, but at least I know the finances would be in order. And, you know, he's got a bit of ambition, hasn't he? So, you know, uh, you know, I could quite easily be a kept man. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, so who who would you marry? Um, I would have said Kenton, because him and Jolene are just constantly at it. But I think I'm going to have to go for Fallon, if only to get her out the clutches of PC harassment carpet burns. Oh, really? Absolutely. This okay. one, he's not a lovely, he's a stalker, and she doesn't need to be having second thoughts. She needs to be making sure that she stays well away. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Goddess Diva may need to fight Royfield for out Fallon. <laughs> yeah, I'd take Royfield and his chicken legs. My money's on the goddess. <laughs> um, okay, so the last one. Um, who would you kill? Easy. Titchy knob. Titchinob must die. Titchinob must always die. Titchinob must die in horrible, slow, nasty ways. Am I allowed to pick Titchinob as well? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Who, kill... who would you kill, Mark? Well, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a toss up, really. <laughs> toss up. <laughs> the, uh, it would, it would be Lillian laugh. So the, <laughs> the um. I don't know. See, because I want to say Alice, but it feels a bit wrong saying that I'd kill Alice. I want Alice just to go away or just shut the fuck up, basically. But I think I'd go with Titchy Knob, basically, because, you know, ooh, gives me, gives every, oh, just gives me the creeps. So. How about two birds, one stone, Alice kills Titchy Knob, and then she goes away to prison. Sorted. Excellent. Are you listening, Kerry Davis? I think that's a goer. <laughs> Bye-bye, dumpty-dum. Hope you all have a lovely new year. Lots of love from me, Goddess Diva. And lots of love from me, Yoko Bear. Have a fab new year. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. Hmm. Right, I think we've done all our questions. Well, we will stage a coup. We will take over. Stage a coup. And and thank you, because you you actually know what you're talking about. It's been, at, at times, it's a really difficult thing when someone from the press... I didn't speak to the press much. If they don't actually know, know what the programme's about. I can't believe they'd send anybody to interview somebody well, a character like, like yours without actually knowing what they were who they were talking to. That's insane. You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> oh well jolly good. Um so this is gonna be in a blog, is it? Uh it is going to be on a uh, podcast which Yes, will... but you never hear my voice, do you? Yes. Oh do you? Yes. Oh right, is this gonna be edited a bit? Oh yes, 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 don't worry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Can to to make sure that you are you, could you please scream for us as you did going off the top of lower locks? Uh, yes, 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 we're all braced. Hang on, I think I can just reach it. David, I'm alright. Oh my god <laughs> That was spectacular. Golly. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.